Hi, and welcome to Only the Avatar. An Avatar, the last airbender rewatch podcast. I'm Veda. And I'm Christina, and you are listening to Season 3, Episode 5, The Beach. Ooh, so this is very, like, young adult vibes. Like, Yeah, well, did you know what movie this entire episode was based off of? I was wondering. I'm like, this reminds me of something, but I couldn't <laughs> put my finger on it. What is it? Um, the Breakfast Club. Oh, yeah, I guess so. I guess I can see it like that. I guess I can see it like that. There's like they're this... forced into a place and they all talk about like their they... early traumas and they then all they all become up. friends. Yes. Yeah. Have you watched, rewatched any John Hughes movies recently? No, I actually haven't. They don't really hold up. And it's so weird mm. because like, except Home Alone, it's the one John Hughes movie that <laughs> holds up all the time. But yeah, I remember I watched Pretty in Pink and I was like, I rewatched it and I was like, this is bad. Like, it's also like racist, right? Is it? Yeah, um, I mean, the one it character is. is uh, I've never seen it, actually. I should, should I even watch it at this point? I think it's interesting to watch as a cultural thing because I think mm-hmm. it like defined so many like Gen X people's experience okay. of things. And yeah, but actually... um. So I used to work in publishing and when I was working there, and it's kind of weird because I've seen this book all over TikTok. It's called uh, And They Were Liars. Okay, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, and it's so weird because it was like really popular in like 2014 or 2015. And I'm like, oh, I guess the youth is still reading that, this book. And Mm. um, I think a lot of the imagery of the book, like – reminded me of this episode because they're on the beach again it's a foursome and Mm -hmm. uh there's a fire and like burning things and like this big fancy house and like the Mm -hmm. party scene yeah i don't know and just like the party scenes in this were so classic like gilmore girls i think there's just so many it just felt very teen yeah it was very teen like the the party and everything like that yeah Makes total sense. But yeah, yeah the um, the episode was based off of The Breakfast Club. Um, like, and even that last that last scene where it's like a, a like a picture of all of them standing close to each other yes. burning down like that house. You're like, oh, that's definitely exactly from The Breakfast Club. So I kind of want to rewatch it now. Yeah, do it. See? Yeah. I haven't seen that one in a while, but I remember I was in like an acting camp once and like on rainy days we would watch movies and that's where i actually saw so many old movies like i watched casablanca the breakfast club clueless um a ton of random weird movies and i was like in elementary school so it really shaped my uh like elementary school and middle school and it really shaped my perspective and i'm like i don't think we should be watching some of these movies (laughs) when you're done So uh, should we jump into the episode? I feel like we already kind of started talking about it. Yeah, might as well. Um, So Azula, May, Ty Lee, and Zuko finally have the opportunity to be just normal teenagers of the Fire Nation and take a trip to Ember Island. Um, And it leads to kind of like a funny fish out of water episode where, you know, we're typically seeing these kids in... Uh, war situations and battle situations about the hundred year war but now they're just acting like normal kids which is kind of cool so azula learns how to flirt 
Um, the group plays volleyball, they go to the beach, they go to a party. And then like all great uh, friend groups, they have a cathartic emotional uh, conversation on the beach. <laughs> um, and throughout the episode, you're seeing a little bit more about each person in the Fire Nation gang, you know, like about Azula, May, Tai Lee, uh, and Zuko. And they all show a lot of vulnerability, especially Zuko, who seems to be very angry and he's not sure who he's angry with but he finally comes to terms with the fact that he's angry with himself and that uh returning to the fire nation wasn't as great as he thought it would be um and he has to be careful because azula can spot even the slightest of weaknesses yes exactly and so we have that storyline but then the gang is going through some trouble of their own they're also on a little bit of a vacation kind of swimming a bit and i'm like why are you wasting time you don't really have time but okay fine and (laughs) ang is getting a little lax about his disguise he doesn't think anyone's around he's going swimming he goes down a water slide and uh he's not he's not covering his arrow tattoo and he draws the attention of two fire nation guards who see him and these guards send a letter by a hawk to the fire lord but thankfully or maybe not thankfully the letter (laughs) is intercepted by the assassin who was sent by zuko the combustion man the huge guy with the third eye and after a while of not being chased um maybe even a season of not really being chased the gang is being pursued once again yeah, there's a lot of things. Do you want to talk about, um, you know, the gang? I know they're kind of like the B story of this episode, but I just wanted to mention, like, how weird was it that Katara was like, eh, let's just be, re- like, relaxed about Aang showing his arrows, like, we're covered, and it was Toph. Toph was the one who was like, you got to be more careful, Aang. Like, I, I thought that yeah, was so crazy. I thought it was crazy. so weird because, first of all, she doesn't <laughs> even see him. She cannot see him. So when I when that line happened, oh I was like, gosh. "Why is Toph saying this?" That's so funny. I didn't even put that together. I'm just like, that's very out of Toph's character. Like, that's not a thing she would say. You he know, legit can't see him. He's swimming in the water. Like, <laughs> not like she- they're on the ground. <laughs> yeah, that she can feel him. <laughs> yeah, like I maybe she can feel like by the way that they're stepping, how much clothes yeah. that they're wearing, but like. He's in the pool. He's swimming. Like, that was just <laughs> such a weird line in the story. I was like, yeah. okay. Um, yeah, but honestly, the water slide looked really fun. And yeah. the two guards who noticed them, I, I kind of always love, like, you know, even in Shakespeare, there's always, like, the two dumb knucklehead characters, yeah. like Rosencrantz and Gilder Stern or whatever. Like, there's always the two knucklehead characters. And I, I kind of love that. And I feel like if I was in a play or a show, like I'm drawn to that. I wish I was mm-hmm. playing the two clowns. So it was funny to see these two clowns being like, oh, oh, nothing ever exciting happens here. <laughs> oh, my God. You know? Yeah. But isn't it weird that they didn't just try to capture the avatar themselves and be like, look, we have the glory of the yeah, Fire Nation. But- we could have captured him. They're just like, we'll just send a messenger. I guess that's back to the point. They're both kind of stupid. <laughs> yeah. The dumb knucklehead clowns that. So I just thought it was like a funny trope to include. Yeah. Um, and obviously thinking through this episode, right? Like, wow, you know, Aang had such a different experience when he got to just be a normal kid. Like when he went to school, I feel like he fit in so much more than Zuko, Ty Lee, May, and Azula did. And like Aang wasn't around for... He's not a psychopath, that's why. (laughs) 
like he hasn't been around for a hundred years and he just got into school, made friends, acted like a normal person. But the thing is, Aang found out he was the Avatar and people started to act weird around him. And then he ran away and was gone for a hundred years. Like he's not used to people treating him a certain way based on like his status, right? Yeah. Because once he was revealed in like the ice, like he was the Avatar, but he had to be in hiding. You know what I mean? He always lived like a normal kid right before that moment he was the Avatar. But the Fire Nation gang, like all those people, they are they have a higher status than everyone else and they their entire lives they've been treated differently by the people around them that know who they are. So that's why they're weird. They're they're socially awkward because like no one actually treats them like a normal human being ever. They're you know so what I mean? awkward. I've like I know a lot of people when they think of this episode, they automatically think of Zuko's like meltdown on the beach. But mm. for me, I found it so revealing about Azula. And yeah. like one is how um, you really see how her mind works and how smart she is um, and how self-aware she is. I feel like there might yeah. be like people who have, I don't know, whatever mental illnesses that she has that aren't aware that they have it. And she shows so much awareness, right? Like that was one of my favorite moments when she was just like, my own mother thought I was a monster. She was right, of course, but still her. Like, you know, she was very somewhat vulnerable but so self-aware that you know she knows she's a monster i don't know if that makes it better or worse knowing that she's a monster you know what i, I think mean? it's really interesting that she knows herself so well and i think that's like one of her i one of the parts of her character that's often overlooked and really interesting because like there could be evil people who or people who are suffering from these kind of things that may make them evil i don't know who aren't mm -hmm. aware of it but she's so aware and she's choosing to act like this. Like, I'm sure if you're aware. And that's what you makes can... her like a real villain. You know what yes. I mean? Like in so many stories, you you know who the villain is. Then all of a sudden you get a backstory as to like why they are the way they are. Like, no, like literally like Azula was born and she was just born a monster. Like everyone knows. Yeah. And like it's really interesting in this episode, too, because, you know, Zuko talks about how like his father abused him. You know, like obviously Azula is the favorite for the father. Like, we've seen that throughout various episodes, like the storm and stuff like that. But, like, obviously, uh, Zuko is the mom's favorite, right? And so Zuko is so upset about, like, you know, the father really hating him. Like, he literally abused him. He literally, yeah. like, threw fire out of his face. He has a scar. But, like, for Azula, Azula was like, my mother always hated me. But she never actually did anything to you. She never said, I do not like you. She was just she was nice to you the entire time she did say some things of like this child's crazy she is as she knows she is but like the mother never did anything and that impacted her so much i just thought that was really interesting and that's an interesting choice and you kind of see the path that azula goes through throughout the entire rest of the series and it kind of makes you think okay like what is the real root of the issue is it just mental illness i think it is mental illness but also like her mom never did anything to her, but she was just giving Zuko extra love because she knew that Zuko was, like, being tormented by, yeah. like, his sister and his dad. So I'm seeing, yeah. like, Zuko get that protection, I think, made her feel like I need to protect myself. And you can see that in her, like, I ability guess. to, like, snuff out weakness and her hatred for weakness because it's almost like she's... Mm afraid to show weakness because like what if someone doesn't love her and protect her like but i like, think she knows that no one actually does love her and that's why she can't be weak because her father doesn't actually love her. love her yeah her father is she's the favorite of the father but the 
but it's very um, it's, it's conditional. very conditional the love it's conditional love because she has to be the best at everything and if there are weaknesses he'll cut like he won't love her as much so that's why she is kind of the way she is I think I think like that telling moment when they're at the beach and they're about to play wo- volleyball and she's like oh you need to mm-hmm. just go throw it on her left side because you can see that she has a childhood injury like wow like she analyzed the game for a minute and she's able to pick that up mm-hmm. and I also thought it was a funny choice in this episode because like it kind of was humorous to see her act like a maniac you know like yeah she was living like a normal life and like she's not a normal person you know what I mean so everyone around her was like what is this crazy person doing like that rage she has and even like the rage Zuko has is not appropriate in everyday (laughs) life not appropriate but I was cracking up when she like scorches the volleyball net Mm -hmm. and then I was cracking up after like wow like how did she make out with that guy after giving him two compliments because Ty Lee taught her well and was like just laugh at at everything and you want to know who that guy is he's Admiral Chan's son remember in the awakening where they're like Admiral Chan Admiral Chan is like on vacation Ember Island that's his son (laughs) (laughs) what a loser I hate that kid and I I hate his dad but like honestly like when she's like when they kiss and he's like she's like we can rule the fire nation together and he's like oh it's so funny because like yeah i his reaction makes absolute sense like uh gotta go bye and like the animation in that section was really different than other parts of the show like when he got those tiny little eyes and he did that awkward crab walk away like a slither around the door I, I thought that. that whole section was really funny. And I kind of also liked the conversation with Azula and Ty Lee where, mm-hmm. you know, she's like, I'm j-, she admits that like she's so self-aware and so aware of yeah. her emotions. She's like, I'm kind of jealous. And Ty Lee helps her. Yeah, I think that's a one moment in the entire show where like Azula actually genuinely says she's sorry. And I actually think like it was really nice that moment between Ty Lee and Azula because Azula was meeting her and then goes, I'm really sorry. Like, I'm just a little jealous that you get like boys attention. And that was the only time she was actually being truthful. And it, you kind of see like, oh, they do have a good friendship in a sense. You know what I mean? And Azula is, yeah. and Ty Lee is just like, but you're the most pretty, beautiful woman in the world. And I'm like, oh, my God, she like loves Azula so much. It's kind of it's kind of weird. I don't know. So it's such a weird relationship. But also, what was with the random cleavage shot of Ty Lee? Oh, my gosh. Apparently, I was reading up on this, too. They had to, like, do a lot of redraws at the beach because a lot of the bathing suits did not, like, pass, like, Nickelodeon's, like, kid approval rating, too. Like, they had to redraw them a bunch of times. That's why they're wearing these little granny skirts, but they still, like, put on. I was like, this is a lot of cleavage for a kid show. (laughs) That is true. It is that a good was a show. little literal cleavage shot. I was like, okay, that was a choice. <laughs> that was a choice. Um, but yeah, I could not tolerate May and Zuko. I honestly, they're like the worst couple, and like they just bring out the worst in each other. They really like they're unbearable, and they're not even having fun. Yeah, they're not, and like honestly, I'm gonna be on your side because I I'm gonna assume you're the same way because also. I don't like May that much. I'm team Zuko in that fight because she shows no, like Zuko is trying to be nice to her. He's like, here's a shell. Do you want food? Are you cold? Yeah. And she's just like so blah and doesn't care. I can't tolerate her at all. I can't tolerate her at all. And if she was just like, thank you or like whatever, she just said thanks once. Like 
like Zuko would not go crazy. He would like, just be like, yeah, okay. Like he would not go crazy. He they bring out the worst in each other completely. And the thing is, Zuko, yes, is awkward and yes, has anger issues and yes, has many issues. But I've seen him with – we've seen him with other women. Yeah. Like remember in the short when he goes on the date and he's like super awkward but she's so vivacious and like is yeah. kind of like – and he you can see him coming to life a little bit. Like Zuko needs yeah. patience but like he's still a very emotional person. I mean he's a difficult person and he needs to mature to be a good partner. Mm-hmm. But like May was not helping and she is – such a wet blanket she's a wet blanket she needs to mature she needs to like showcase like obviously like it's clear that she doesn't want to show any emotions to like she doesn't, she doesn't want to get hurt but like how can you be in a relationship with someone if you're not going to be vulnerable with them like that's yeah. just uh. and then at the end where Zuko's like I'm angry at myself she comes up to him <sighs> and is like actually I'll be there for you I'm like what why was that the moment when you're like yes this works like they're Me- just not yeah. I feel like her reaction was so weird to that because I feel like maybe because he was so vulnerable that helped her see him differently. But the thing is, like, Zuko's been honest with her about his feelings from day one. Like, he has been pretty clear. So she should know that he's angry at himself or, like, is having issues. Yeah. But, yeah, I feel like she would have normally responded with the sarcastic comments. So that was kind of like a weird reaction yeah i think i literally think they did that just so they could be like okay we don't want like this couple to break up at this moment because yeah. like that would just be awkward you know what i mean yeah but it's just like oh then just don't have them like have them have a little fight but like throughout the entire series they i just don't we don't understand how they started to like each other like they seem like a wet blanket together i just i don't like i it. hate this couple and like they do such a good job of showcasing ang and katara starting to fall in love with each other this season and it's, it's so they do it so well, so slowly, and it's just so different than what we're seeing with like May and Zuko. It's ugh, I hate it. I hate it too. Um, yeah, I mean, there was some really Zuko had really good moments in this episode. I yeah. love his like kind of expressions at the party. I like, you <sighs> know, I really don't like his jealousy. I hate that, but I do like when he goes to the boarded up house and yeah, like. Yeah, but he has- wouldn't have been jealous. He's he was only jealous because May never said, you know, I really love you and you're like the yeah. one for me. He she never reassured him of her love for him. So that's why he's keeps on questioning it because he's never like secure in that like does she actually like me because she doesn't doesn't say her feelings. So he wouldn't have acted that way if she was just like he needs some validation. She's was so continually rejecting him and putting up yeah. a wall. So like uh it takes two. It takes two here. And I'm like, oh for my god, sure. these two need these two are not a fit. They're not it. Okay. Not it. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. But like, I can't believe their end game. I can't believe they end up together in the end. No, like, I was not rooting for them at all. I hate them together. All. Hate Ugh. them together. Cut it. I would hate literally it. have Zuko and Katara be together than Me Zuko too. and May. Like, Me I too. just don't understand this Me couple. Like, I don't like all. them. They're horrible together. Like, there's so many better emo couples out there. Like, I love an emo yes. couple. I love the scene stir. Like, this is the time of emo and scene. Like, Yes, make them a great, emotional, loving, sappy, like, write songs to each other, like, Scorpio-esque yeah. romance. I'd rather see that than these two, like, blah, like, bumps on a log. That's – May's personality type is my least favorite type of person. Yeah, no, same. Like, what do you, what does this person bring to the table? Like, nothing. literally nothing. 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 All, I hope all the listeners love the May 
slander, the May-Zuko relationship slander, because that's basically this entire episode. And I'm like, get it off my screen. Um, okay. <laughs> what did you think of, like, all those Zuko moments and the flashbacks of their happy childhood? I really liked it. Like, uh, um, I know we saw some of those flashbacks in other episodes. I think it was, like, the Storm episode. Maybe it was, like, the Awakening as well. But I really liked seeing that they went back to, like, the to the old house where they all used to like be together i was thinking too like in the flashback was it really um his father that was holding him up like at the beach or was that uncle iroh and luten there instead no i don't know because i was like wow their family looks so happy mm-hmm. and then it's like what happened like what happened to make this family so dysfunctional and then the fact that like no one was in the house and they stayed with lee and lo mm-hmm. like they didn't stay in the palace and they looked like no one had been in that house since. I know what happened. I know what happened. What? Because back when they were all together, you know, at the beach, he was not meant to be the head of the Fire Nation. He was the second son in the Fire Nation. So he had none of those responsibilities of, you know, leading the nation like, and, you know, doing to the Ozai war. That he went psycho and turned on everyone. Like, if was he always like that? I bet you he was, but like he could be happier knowing that like, well, my my like my brother, he's doing his job at least, you know, because like Iroh was probably a different person then. But once he saw the opportunity for power, he took it like that, you know, once he became the king of the fire nation or whatever the term is, the ruler of the fire nation, everything probably turned in that moment, I would assume. But granted, we do see flashbacks and we know that like things have grown worse and worse and worse. Yeah, it it made me really sad. It made me sad to see the house like that. The moment where he's burning uh, the family portrait. Yeah. Ty or even Azula knowing Zuko's at the house by himself and Azula comes up and Azula's like, I knew I'd find you here. Yeah, you know I, I, mean? I actually liked this episode because I feel like sometimes even we've talked about it because we're like, why are they all hanging out? Why are they friends? And then you can just mm-hmm. see the history that they yeah. all share. And they actually do know each other in like a deep way. Um, when like Ty Lee is like, why are you burning that and he's like i don't you don't know me you don't know me and she's like i do know you like i know and she kind of opens that conversation with them they all know each other they can all call each other out but they i don't know i think there's something like beautiful in that deep conversation those deep conversations it was like literally like uh that show couples therapy that i was talking about in a (laughs) few episodes where like everyone's bringing all their vulnerabilities all their issues everything's on the table and they're able to like we get everyone's backstories literally in an episode and everyone's psychological issues in one episode well this episode was like originally supposed to be more about like the gang getting chased around by the a combustion man that was the main focus at first but then i think the writers of the show are like you know what we have to showcase like these other like characters from mm-hmm. like the fire nation gang we need to flesh out these characters a little bit more so then they switched the focus and they flipped the a story and the b story so we can learn more about these characters i'd like that i liked it too but i do think like especially may's story of course it's may's story where i'm like oh rich kid problems oh my god my mommy's controlling and i have to be nice because my daddy's rich i'm just like get over it she's just quiet and she's just not even nice and i'm like just because your parents were like you have to be behave doesn't mean you can you can't develop a sense of self yeah yeah like and tylee was my favorite out Me of too. all the like fire nation kids because like one she's the nicest and two it's just like 
she's she's actually there for a friend. She teaches Azula how to flirt. Ugh. Azula's flirting was gross, but still. <laughs> it worked on it worked on Chan. Ty Lee, like, she also was the only like one of the only characters who other than Zuko, I guess, who was like actively working on becoming better. Like she doesn't regret joining the circus. She's happy about it. She knew that she wanted to like differentiate herself from her sisters. And that was that was an easy path for her to go into. Mm-hmm. And, and she's taking ownership over her life by joining the circus. And then yeah. she made the choice, I guess, to like join Azula's gang. But Azula Azula didn't even think about anything. She's just like, I must do what my father says or he won't love me because of conditional love. Yeah. And May is just like a wet blanket who's just going to go with the flow and not, well, do go with the flow and like just do whatever like someone tells her to do something. You know what I mean? She n- Neither of those characters are changing at all. So I, I totally and agree And I with think that. also like Zuko slowly realizing like real love and conditional love. And mm-hmm. then I love the line where he says like, I don't even know what's right and what's wrong like and he's conflicted like i think this is like you know he's verbalizing these things that we as viewers are seeing like in Mm. the past five episodes of him making one wrong choice after the other you know and it was good to see him express that this was like the only path for him right like because he needed to see what it was like to be like his the hero that his father thinks he is. And now that he has everything he desired, he thought he wanted, he realized it's just not as good as what he hoped in his mind. He knew he knows something's off and yeah. we'll see how he changes in the next couple of episodes. But I really like that we're seeing these tidbits of Zuko becoming like, wait, this is wrong. Something's wrong. Like this isn't working yeah. out because when he does make that change, it feels like it, it's not just like, oh my gosh, what is he doing? You know what I mean? It makes sense when he makes that switch. So I yeah, really like that. I agree. Just to switch gears, I know we talked about it a little bit, but what did you think of like the fight with the combustion man? Oh, it was so cool. I like loved it. Like I loved um I loved the scenery of where they were too. Like I know it was based off of um like Iceland, like some volcano in Iceland, but you can even see the after- close ups of the rocks. Yeah, there. the rocks. Did it remind you of anything, this, like, fight scene between Aang and Combustion Man? It felt very space-like to me. It felt very space-like, but it reminded me so much of the series, like, finale fight oh, between yeah, 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 between yeah, yeah. Aang and, um, and the Fire Lord. Because, like, at one point he's also, like, covered in the rocks and he's hiding in the rocks and, like, the boulder, like, they're pushing the boulders everywhere. And I loved the, it. the Combustion Man is so cool. He's, like, nothing we've ever seen before in this yeah. world. Like, his open third eye and the laser thing and all of them being like, he can firebend with his mind. <laughs> it's so cool. And like, I wonder how that even happens. You know what I mean? Like, how did this person come about? You know, like. Toph was cracking me up where she's like, I know you guys might not believe me, but there's this metal man. This walking. metal man. I don't know. I felt the whole style of the show in this episode had it had its own unique style with like the expressive mm-hmm. faces, the reactions, the way that it was like shot a little bit, like the angles yeah. that they used in this episode felt very different to me. But maybe because it was like like a Zuko plot A episode, so maybe they mm-hmm. kind of uh, changed that up because they're, the kids are older. Yeah, maybe, and like they're they're back in norm the normal world. You know what I mean? They're mm-hmm. not they're not out trying to catch the Avatar. They're not leading an army. They're just trying to be normal kids. You know, it has that rom com yeah. vibe. A it ha- little it bit. does, it does. But um, so. yeah, what's your rating? 
I think I'd give this episode maybe like a 4.5 out of 5. I really liked it. Um, I thought it was, you know, it was like a solid episode, but I wouldn't say it was one of my favorite episodes. I do like that we get to learn a little bit more about the Fire Nation gang, um, but uh, it wasn't one of my favorites. So I'll say 4.5 out of 5. I would probably give it around a 4.5 or a 4.6. I think about this episode randomly a lot just because <laughs> like, I think it's cool that they were like, okay, we got to do this like psychological deep dive in the middle of this children's <laughs> episode show and like, let's explore our characters. It just shows like how much thought goes into everything in this show. And I love that yeah. there's so much depth and every character has a true life. I liked seeing like mm-hmm. the teens. I love seeing hot teens have fun, like gossip girl energy <laughs> of this. It was just so random yeah. and fun and I, I mean, like, May's a wet blanket, but I really like that this emotional journey and the search journey thing was given a plot A, while yeah. the fight scene was given a B. I thought that was really interesting and a cool choice. I think mm-hmm. artistically, this episode's very memorable to me. Um, yeah, but, you know, it's sometimes it's just like, I was like, where is some of this coming from? But I think it's mm-hmm. just a problem of, like, being a short serialized show. Yeah, like if imagine if they did like one episode that like focused on May or one yeah. episode that focused on Ty Lee, it would be interesting. But I realized that they're not like the main characters I of the know. show. So I think doing this one episode is great. And honestly, it was great to see like Azula be a loser because yeah, she was no one was forced to. Oh, that's I forgot to mention this. This is like a thought I had. Maybe this is the beginning of Azula's spiral because like no one knows who she is, right? Yeah. And they treat her like a loser. And this is the moment she realizes that the only reason people like her is because of her status. And then everything that happens with May, everything that happens with Ty Lee Afterwards, drives yeah. her crazy because she knows like at the end of the day, no one actually likes her. You know what I mean? Because like and, you know, the way that people are treating her like a loser, like that's conditional, you know, like people don't yeah. like her because of her. They like her because of, you know, her status. They have to like her. She'll be mean. So that's what makes her become meaner and meaner. So I thought that was I really like that they showcase that like when no one knows who she is, no one actually likes her because like that might cause her because she is self-aware. So I think she knows this at the end of the day. Like no one actually yeah. likes her unless she's powerful. So that's why she goes crazy. So I wanted to mention that before we it's wrap so up true. the episode. It's so true. Her fears are coming to life with every passing episode. Like her yeah, deepest yeah. Her coming alive. So yeah, I don't know. It's, it was a cool episode, cool turning point. I love this with um, Aang is in school, like the Kuzan mm-hmm. episode. Like I like the two of them together. And like this, we're getting such an understanding of the Fire Nation. Like yeah, seeing that is true. the schools, how people go out, Ember Island, the clothes they wear. Like we're just seeing a lot of stuff about this place. And I think that's cool. Yeah, imagine if we were like those characters, like, oh, we have to wear green every day because we're in the Earth Nation, or we're in I the look, Earth Kingdom. But honestly, like, I look good in all of those colors. So, hey. <laughs> I look great in red, really look good in green. <laughs> so, you know. Imagine if like all the colors have to be teal. You're just like, oh, what an ugly color. <laughs> That's the benefit of melanin. <laughs> True. We look True. good in color. Yeah. Um, but yeah. anyway, it was a good episode. And, uh, We'll be back next week for another, I say this almost at the end of every episode, but one of my favorite episodes is coming up next week. (laughs) It's true. It's true. Thanks for listening and we'll hear from you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.